It is draft day, finally, and on today's show, we're going to be making our final predictions for who we think the Chargers are going to take with the 17th overall pick, if we think they're even going to stay at the 17th overall pick, and the best and worst ways the draft could fall to the Chargers in round one. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons together, but this is our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making us your first listen on this all-important draft day for the Chargers picking night in the first round to make sure you never miss big shows like this and to make sure you don't miss our reaction tonight after the 17th overall pick, if that's where they're at. Make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel because we will be going on there. And also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcasts from, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. But David, it's time to put our money where our mouths are because we have to make our final predictions for where we think the Chargers are going to go with the 17th overall pick, whether we like it or not, and also make our final predictions on if we think the Chargers are going to trade from the 17th overall pick or if we think they're going to stay put. We're also going to get into the best and worst case scenarios for the Chargers in round one, how things could play out in front of them. There's one really dastardly, very much a nightmare scenario of how things could play out based on how we like some of the guys that we think the Chargers could target in the first round. So that's what we're going to get into in round two. And then in, in round two, I'm just all draft all the time. Segment two, then, then to wrap up the show, we'll get into Tom Telesco's draft history, talk about how he's never drafted a guard. Does that change how we feel about them potentially taking Zion Johnson or if we think they still will? And we'll also get into them only taking one wide receiver and one cornerback during Tom Telesco's era and talk about how many of those picks in the first round have actually been really good. But, David, it starts in round one, and we have to make our final predictions today. And this is a prediction. This is who we think it's going to be, not necessarily who we want it to be. And I think over the course of the shows, we've made it pretty clear who we would like to see them get in round one. And we've also backed up the fact that we think there will be one of those good players that will get to the 17th pick that you would feel good about taking there. Obviously, things can change, especially in a draft that doesn't have a lot of quarterbacks potentially going ahead of you. And that's going to be part of the best and worst case scenarios for the Chargers. But David, when it all is said and done, once the Chargers go up to the podium, who do you think is going to be the pick tonight at 17? Yeah, Daniel, I think this is is a scenario for me that I, I do not think they are going to get the player that we all want them to get. I just <laughs> have a very bad feeling uh, or just an uneasy feeling that the board is going to set up uh, to where the Chargers are going to take Trevor Penning. Uh, out of Northern Iowa. I think that, you know, that's just one of those scenarios where, you know, obviously you always want them to get the best player on your board and, and, you know, you want them to draft the guys that you're always high on, but unfortunately it doesn't always work out that way. And I think this is a situation, especially after last year where the board in the first couple of rounds just fell so perfectly to the chargers. You cannot expect that to happen in every draft. It's just not realistic. That is why I do think they will take Trevor Penny. And I, I think that's going to obviously upset a lot of people if it ends up going that way. And I'm glad that's who you decided to take, or at least that's who you think that they're going to take, just because that is someone that we haven't been high on, right? And I think 
in your scenario, though, you're are you saying that probably most of the guys you have liked are going to be gone, or do yes. you think they would just take like Trevor Penning over, you know, some of those other picks that we have picked there, you know, like Zion Johnson? Like, you think they would pick him over Zion Johnson? Probably, I would say, just based on positional value, but. That is tough, David, and I think the one thing that we have seen, though, and we have to keep in mind, obviously, is, yeah, guys can get better. You know, Duke sure. Manyweather, the offensive line guru that's worked with Sean Slater and is currently working with Trey Pipkins, has said that he's fixed some of the issues for Trevor Penning, and you have to hope, but I think the biggest thing with Trevor Penning, I'm not saying I don't think he could be a good tackle eventually, right? Yeah. I, I, I think he could be, but... The biggest problem I have with that pick this year, and maybe he'll be much improved and maybe it's not as much of an issue now, sure. is that you in a very, very important season where you're expected to make a deep playoff run are going to have to live with the bumps and bruises that come along with drafting a player who might be a little bit raw and not ready to go. And it also just kind of seems like a reach. It does. And I mean, just to, to go over real quickly what Trevor Penning brings to the table. I mean, the, the guy's gigantic, <laughs> six foot seven, 320 plus pounds. He's just hard to get around. I mean, he's one of those tackles that, you know, you feel like you have to travel a great distance to get around the guy. And he's nasty. I mean, he has that temperament yeah. that you love. I mean, he mauls people in the running game. And he's looking to, to finish people with violent intentions. Like, it, it's very, very clear. He also is very strong. I mean, he does have good functional strength. He can stymie a bull rush. But the things that, that give you a lot of pause are, you know, he really has issues with the inside moves, Daniel, and, and the speed rushers at least on tape, repeatedly gave him problems. So those are things that give you, you know, it makes you very uncomfortable when we're talking about the right tackle position, the guy that's going to try to, ha uh, you know, step in and improve upon what Storm Norton did last year. And, you know, Trevor Penning, at least the version that we've seen right now on tape, I don't know how confident you can be that he can step in right now and be that upgrade, at least in year one. One like the thing is, is I think that's obviously a pretty low bar, right? And I think a lot of people will be surprised to hear you say you don't think Trevor Penning can play outplay Storm Norton. But like even hypothetically speaking, like even if he outplays Storm Norton, right? Yeah. Marginally, right. you know, not significantly, like not a Pro Bowl player, not an all pro or anything like that. Just he's a little bit better than Storm Norton is. Is that worth your first round pick? Not like, I think all. there's a lot of gray area in between those things. But let's get into my first round pick, who I think it is going to be. I just, it, it seems like, Brand, you know, Tom Telesco loves skill position players, right? Yeah. And the only position he's drafted twice is offensive tackle on his entire, you know, career as the Chargers GM. But Sounds it does like seem like corner and wide receiver are both very much on the board. And we'll talk about a little bit like about that later. And I do think that just because something is the biggest need doesn't necessarily mean that's the way Tom Telesco is going to go. Yeah. But historically, usually who he takes in the first round is at a big position of need for the team in that year, right? And you're hoping they don't force it with someone like Trevor Penning. I'm going to keep an optimistic mind and say that hopefully they just try to take the best player available there. And I think one of the the best player available there tomorrow or tonight as we're you know recording this the night before, I think it's going to be Chris Olave, and I think that's going to be the pick. I do think there is still a okay. good chance that he falls to the Chargers at 17. And I think when you're getting someone who's an obvious upgrade for you as far as a deep threat and also just brings you so much as far as a clean prospect that I just think is going to be a good player. I don't know how high they have receiver on their list of players they would take in the first round. I don't know how high they have Chris Olave, but I just think that for this position group for the Chargers, you have a guy who's an easy separator that's going to make an easy target for Justin Herbert and 
something he doesn't have to think a lot about, right? He's open. I'm throwing him the ball. And his I think he's just one of the more underrated deep threats. Like I think he's getting slept on 439 speed, probably the best ball tracker in this class. And he just has such an innate ability down the field to separate, right? Like it, yeah. it seems like he hits another gear. He always seems to find that separation and come down with the ball. And, you know, double digit touchdowns last year and produced at a high level the entire time he was at Ohio State, sharing the field with other monsters, yeah. right? But even though I don't know if it's necessarily the most realistic pick, I, I just think that that is something they could do. Bring in a wide receiver, add to a position of strength. And I do think there's a good chance that he is the best player available when they get to pick. Man, that would be a special move, man. I, I really do. And he could like... be gone too. Is the other option, right? Because he's a Absolutely. very good player and he's shot up. He was like a thirties, a twenties prospect, and now it's like you never know. Well, the the dude has the crazy speed that you're looking for, but also has those crisp, precise routes to go along with that. And you usually don't get that combination in any type of wide receiver that's coming out of the draft. But he has that rare combination of precise route running and that incredible you know, just top taking the top off the defense type of speed. So adding that to the chargers, you know, offensive weapon skill group would be, I mean, honestly, the same, a similar situation to adding Jamison Williams. He just, you know, he, he has that ability to take this offense to the very next level and really turn this into a, just a nasty juggernaut. Who are you going to cover? I mean, you got right. Keenan Allen, you got Austin Eckler, you got Mike Williams, uh, who who are you going to cover if you add Chris Olave? Uh, where are you going to yeah? Gerald where Everett? are you going to focus your coverage? Right, yeah, that, yeah. Pick your poison to the max on offense, and man, that would be a dangerous situation. It would, and I would love it. And so maybe my bias is sneaking in there a little bit. I do think corner and receiver are very much in play, but a lot yeah. of it is just going to have to depend on who is there at that pick. And I mean, it could go a lot of different ways. But me and David did come up with. The nightmare scenario that we hope does not happen and also maybe a best case scenario for the Chargers in round one. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But I do think it would be just such a great move for the Chargers to bring in someone like Chris Olave. And I still like the idea of taking a wide receiver, and if, even if it's not the biggest need. And I think they would still do it because they like taking skill position players. But another great move would be to make sure you take care of your mother this Mother's Day and to make sure you go to BlueNile.com if you want to find a very special piece of jewelry to get her get for her to make it a very special day. I mean, I think some of us can fall into, you know, getting your mom the same thing that she likes every year. Find a way to spice it up this year with BlueNile.com. Get her a gift. She'll never forget it. BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from crafting custom engagement rings, or you can gift a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Looking for fine jewelry, but having a hard time choosing what kind of jewelry? That's something I dealt with a lot when I was picking out the engagement ring I was looking for. At BlueNile.com, you can get experts on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. So make sure you guys are celebrating these special women in your life. At BlueNile.com, you can easily navigate thousands of fine jewelry options at every price point. Whether you're customizing an engagement ring or designing diamond stud earrings, online jeweler Blue Nile will allow you to create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine at a price you won't find at those traditional jewelers. But this Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Chargers listeners get $50 off of $500. The podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in a discreet package that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. 
All right, David, well, we talked about who we think the Chargers are going to take right in round two, but we didn't talk about what's going to be available or in round one, I should say. Obviously, there is no round two. But in segment two, we're going to get into the best and worst case scenarios for the Chargers because I think there is a lot of different ways that it could go. And I think that for the Chargers specifically, so much is going to be determined for them, right? If they yeah. stay put, because that's the one thing. It's like they could also trade go up in the draft, go back in the draft a little bit. I think at this point, though, we both probably say that they're staying. I think if we had to put a, you know, a, a prediction on it, I think do you think they're staying, right, at 17? Yeah. Or do you, if you had to pick, you're probably not thinking they're going to move up for someone like Derek Stingley. I don't think there, I don't think there's any way that the Chargers are moving up in, the, in this draft. If that happens, I would be completely shocked. Yeah, and that's just how we feel, right, for the Chargers specifically. But – Another great thing that's going to be happening, David, a big announcement for the Lockdown Podcast Network is for the first time ever, Lockdown is hosting live coverage for the 2022 NFL Draft from their studios in Dallas with pick-by-pick analysis from our local team experts and draft gurus. Make sure you guys tune in all three days as our draft team guides you through every pick and every trade in real time. It all starts tonight, April 28th, Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, available on the Lockdown NFL on YouTube and on the Odyssey app. We will be on there as well at certain points, especially to talk about the Chargers pick too. So we're very excited about that. It's a huge thing for our network, and we appreciate the support that you guys have given us to help us get to a point where we're doing cool things like this as a network. But it was hard to come up with the best and worst case scenarios. David, let's go over the best scenario first. And I think the best scenario is simple. I don't even really need to lay out who's going ahead of the Chargers. I think the best thing that you can hope for is that either one of Charles Cross, an offensive tackle, the third best offensive tackle by a lot of people in this draft class, or Jamison Williams, this class, true elite deep threat, fall to the Chargers at 17. I agree. I completely agree because if you get Charles Cross, you have another bookend tackle. And, and we heard Tom Telesco talk about, you know, he doesn't really care about right tackle and left tackle. It's just tackles. You have to have quality tackles in this league, especially in the AFC West, where they are surrounded by monsters that are coming after the quarterback, like Bradley Chubb and you know Max Crosby. And uh, just the list goes on and on. There's so yeah. many dangerous guys that you have to protect your prodigal son, Justin Herbert, from. And if you were able to get Charles Cross, I think you have probably in the best tackle situation that you've been in the last 25 years if you are able to acquire his services now we we know very very well that that is probably unlikely to happen Jamison Williams on the other hand for another another reason I mean hey last year we saw the Bengals you know just skip over taking a tackle and they went with Jamar Chase and all of us thought that they were crazy after what happened to Joe Burrow but look what happened. The Bengals found themselves in the Super Bowl after taking one of the most electrifying rookie wide receivers of the last 10 years. And I'm not saying Jamison Williams is going to be that, but man, that guy is special. He, he has that stop and start ability, that incredible deep speed, and the ability to just take the football and absolutely go to the house. And there's very few athletes in this draft that possess a similar skill set and ability that Jamison Williams has. Yeah, and it's just so tantalizing to hook him up with Justin Herbert, that yes. arm and that speed and that ability and just what this offense really lacks the most, which is speed at wide receiver, a deep drive yeah. wide receiver, yards after the catch at wide receiver, which he would bring all of those, which is why I think it's so appealing there. And that, that pick to get either of those guys, you can easily argue they are the best available. Obviously, you don't know who oh, else yeah. is going to be there, but like 
if either of those two fall, they're more than likely going to be the best player available and your biggest need, which is something you've been able to do with someone like Rashawn Slater or even when you go back to a Joey Bosa or a Derwin James or Justin Herbert. Yeah. He's easily the best player available there when they decided to take him at six, and it all just matched up because they had a need there too. You just don't yeah. want him to force it. Right. You might have to force something if this next scenario comes to fruition, David. And yeah. this is the worst scenario for the Chargers, I think. So at first, it just starts with no quarterbacks are going in front of you, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what it starts with. If no quarterbacks go in front of the Chargers, that's a bad thing for them because it means Very. more players they would have taken are going, obviously. Right. These are the picks before the Chargers, I think, that would make it the worst for us the way we feel about guys. The top four edge rushers are gone. Hutchinson, Thibodeau. Jermaine Johnson, Trayvon Walker, the top three offensive tackles before Penning are gone. Okwonu, Evan Neal, Charles Cross. The top three cornerbacks are gone. Sauce, Stingley, McDuffie. And then outside of that, receivers, Chris Olave is gone, so my pick would be gone. Jameson Williams, Garrett Wilson is also gone. Safety, Kyle Hamilton doesn't fall all the way to you because that might just be too good of a value to pass up. Offensive guard, Zion Johnson gets taken by some smart team ahead of the Chargers. Or Jordan Davis gets picked. And obviously, yeah, you know, we haven't been the highest on Jordan Davis. But when you're talking about the worst case scenario, this is what that leaves. Drake London, who's not really a fit, even though he's a really good wide receiver, not a fit for what the Chargers need because of the redundancy with his skill set and Mike Williams. Yep. Then you're going to a guy like Traylon Burks, who's fouled, right? You, you go yeah. to Trevor Penning is now one of those guys. George Karloftis is an interesting one. And then, or you go the next best interior offensive lineman, in Kenyon Green. I think those are probably the most realistic situations, David, or the you know best options at that point. Yeah. But it's hard to say how they would go because that would be a tough one at that point. It, it really would be a tough one. And honestly, Daniel, I think that scenario right there is probably why I feel like the Chargers are going to end up with Trevor Penning because I think that is very well how the board could shake out. I mean, there's just it's just it makes a lot of sense. I mean, a lot of the best players are being are already off the board. Some smart teams out there, and again, every single year there are teams that make picks that make you go, "What in the hell you have were to they think thinking?" So. Right. right, you have to think somebody's going to make that surprise pick, which is going to leave someone for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and in this situation, it, they might just have to say, "Hey, I don't think there's any other tackle that I'm going to be able to find," you know, at 79 or above. That's going to be able to come in and you know give me the type of value at tackle that I need. So I think that's why the worst case scenario is the Chargers saying, "Oh, I don't have another choice. I have to take a tackle here," and they end up taking Trevor Penning. Yeah, well, and I mean, at seventeen, more than likely you're not going to get the best player at your position, right? right? Zion Johnson obviously brings that he's gone in this scenario, but that's the hard thing about this: you're taking the fourth receiver, right? You're yeah. taking the fourth cornerback. So in this case, yeah. maybe Kyer Elam, right? Maybe. Someone else, you know, Andrew Booth Jr., depending on how they feel about him. You don't want to always take, the, you know, maybe that player is the best player available. And it, it is like there are some really good corners in this draft and there's some very polarizing opinions on those corners. But yeah. it's just hard to imagine, you know, that you're all going to get something you really need or something that can really bring something special to your team without get you know, with how this falls to the Chargers right yeah. here. I. I still think, though, at the same time, you know, David, like George Karloftis is a good player. Like yeah. I could still get excited about Traylon Burks because a lot of that was due to his testing, True. not necessarily on his film. Right. Daxton Hill is another guy, a super player that just doesn't fall at a huge positional need for the Chargers. Right. And in like, you know, in the case of, you know, Kenyon Green, it's like, yeah, it's still probably going to be a good offensive lineman. Like 
a corner kind of Elam. It just feels like a tremendous reach at 17. That's it just feels thing. like all like, – it feels like that's kind of where the first round has, like, the drop-off. Like, if yeah. those specific guys were to fall. But the Chargers supposedly have 18 to 20 guys, so somebody they like is probably going to be available at the 17 based on their own words. And we that's why we, I think, think the Chargers will do this the way that we've kind of predicted it to go so far and why they potentially will just stay put at 17. And the one thing we have seen from their history, at least under Tom Telesco, is they will move up. But has moving up worked? And how many of Tom Telesco's famous first-round picks, because that's definitely what he's known for, yeah. actually really worked out? We're going to get into that coming up right after this. But I think, David, you just have to hope that a good scenario plays out. I don't need the best scenario. I don't want the nightmare scenario by any means. But I would bet that one of the players that we really like is going to be there. But if you guys want to place your bets on the NFL Draft, the place to go is Bet Online. Dot net guys because of all the great props you guys can go do there i'm going to be all over it because you can bet on who you think the number one overall pick is going to be it's minus 350 for trayvon walker where did that come from you can bet on the first order or the first three picks and really get some great odds there if you can nail those first three picks at betonline.net you will be paid handsomely for it and there's a ton of other great props as well who's going to be the first wide receiver taken who's going to be the first corner taken all at betonline.net. The draft is already fun, but you're probably only going to be caring about one pick in the first round. The best way to spice up the rest of the draft is by going to betonline.net, seeing all the great props they have available for you guys tonight on the first night, a very exciting night, and it can be even more exciting if you win some money and get in on the prop bets that betonline.net has going on right now. I love prop bets. Super Bowl, the draft, give me all of it, and there's so many good ones to choose from, but it's not just football, obviously. You can go basketball, you can go baseball which is back now you can go ufc on the weekends you can even get your favorite vegas casino games or esports at bet online so head to the website or use your mobile device today to learn more about the trends and the action at bet online where the game starts all right david well now it's time to get into the history and learning from tom telesco's past and i think the one thing we talked about during this conversation is just we know that Tom Tawesco is influenced, and it seems like more and more influenced by who his head coach is and is kind of involved to have a very symbiotic relationship by the time the brand Steeler got here. And credit to him, kudos to him. Yeah. So it's hard to say that, you know, that all of these things will have a direct impact on how things play out tonight. But I think there's some very interesting parts of this, David. If you're looking at the Chargers' first-round picks since Tom Telesco took over, and he's had nine draft classes and ten first-round picks because the Chargers traded back up to Kenneth Murray. And this is how it's played out, David, because we know we've always said Tom Telesco is really good in the first round. Probably at most, there's six guys that you can say out of his 10 picks that were good picks that you can't really argue. And one of those is even kind of debatable in Melvin Gordon. But this is how I kind of have it on here. I mean, Melvin Gordon was fine, right? I guess it's what your expectation, but you also traded up for him. So that's the yeah. other thing. But when you're looking at who they've taken, DJ Fluker, Jason Verrett, Melvin Gordon, Joey Bosa, Mike Williams, Derwin James, Jerry Tillery, Herbert, Murray, and Slater. I have it like this. Because I think the thing is, is it's not that Tom Tewesco is hit on every first-round pick. It's the amount of elite picks he's came out of in the yes. first round, right? And that, I think that's kind of where he gets the praise for is just the Joey Bosa pick. That's an elite player. Yes. Multi-time pro ball player. Justin Herbert, you nailed the pick, even at a position, and it was a guy that not everyone saw coming, which makes and you look a even better. Quarterback. Exactly. The most important position you hit on the year after your other Hall of Fame quarterback left. Yes. That's an elite pick. 
Rashawn Slater, even after one season, I'm calling it now. The elite. race is over. Elite pick. He was an all pro. Was the only guy to take a vote away from Trent Williams. That's that's a big win. That's an elite pick. And Derwin James, an all pro once his rookie season, borderline all pro last season, others receiving votes. And just an all-time great player and great leader. Checks out in every way except for the medicals. And even that, he seems to have gotten, you know, it, that's going a lot better than it was at one point. We've actually got to see him on the field healthy more yes. and really get to see how good of a player he is. The good picks, I'm doing air quotes for the podcast audience. Mike Williams and Melvin Gordon. Mike Williams better than Melvin Gordon, obviously. Definitely. I mean, that's just the category. Melvin Gordon was fine. He was a good running back. You know, yep. obviously, you know, when Eric Armstead goes two picks later, obviously hindsight is 2020. But always it wasn't a total bust. It's not a guy you look at and you're like, that just did not work out at all. No. So that's six out of the 10. And then didn't or hasn't worked out. Jason Verrett, I have a hard time putting in here just because he was such a good player. He was an all pro type of player. He just he couldn't stay healthy. So like you injuries, got the talent man. right. Yeah. The injuries just derailed it for you. Killed him. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, you could say a little bit of that about Mike Williams and Melvin Gordon, too, because those guys were banged up through their time with the Chargers and, and how that affected them as well. But DJ Fluker, Jerry Tillery, Kenneth Murray. And obviously, there's time on Murray and Tillery, but it's hard to argue that it was a good pick at this point. Those two and Murray and Tillery were later, right? I mean, those yeah. are both in the 20s. Right. And, and Tillery obviously being 28, and the lower you get, like, the harder it is. But yeah, I mean, David, most of them have been good picks, but it's really the elite ones that I think give Tom the pedigree that he has, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hey, those those guys, they're, they're not just good players. They're elite on any team. I mean, you, you put them on any team in the league and they are going to make the players that are around them better quality football players. Joey Bosa can dominate on any football team. Der same thing with Derwin James. Probably all top five players at their position, or yeah. at least borderline, at least arguably. Derwin James definitely is. Joey Bosa I'm, is right there. Herbert he is. is right there. Yeah. Slater is 100%. 100% there, right. yeah. And you look at the and the value at those positions, too, and what they bring. Edge rusher, one of the most valuable positions in the league. Quarterback, the most valuable position in the league. And, you know, it's just those those for those reasons right there. That's what takes those elite picks to the next echelon is not only are they elite players, they're at elite players at very, very important positions in the NFL. It is. I mean, they are and even like safety wasn't considered really. And, you know, it wasn't thought of as like, OK, that's a crucial, crucial position. But right. like a lot of people overthought that Derwin James pick and the Chargers didn't. And they deserve credit for that. Definitely. Because he is just everything you wanted and more and he's and, not a safety you know he, he's he's just an animal period. sure sure just a great football player but i think the other big thing i kind of took away from looking at this is like the Chargers have never had a really noticeable reach in the first round right yeah. dj fluker eh, melvin gordon was kind of you know consensus thought of about right where around where he went he was thought of as a first round pick that year yeah not, I mean, obviously there's picks that, you know, when like Patrick Mahomes went and you take Mike Williams, like obviously if you go back in time, it'd play out differently. But sure. like as far as just total bust or as far as just the Chargers totally going, you know, out of left field with their pick, like, like that doesn't pick. really happen. Like if Cleveland Farrell going, you know, fourth overall to the <laughs> then Oakland Raiders. Exactly. Yes, like, or maybe was it a Las Vegas? I don't know. But to the Raiders. Yeah. Like those kind of picks you can't think of. Like you don't really see a lot. Right. So. I don't know if he's ever had one in his time. So I think that is one thing we can kind of count on is that it is going to be someone 
that's right around there as, as far as like this isn't going to be a guy that everyone thinks is a second round pick. Then again, this seems like the least consensus that we've had, you know, in any of the seasons of us covering the draft. It is interesting, though, David, that like every year except for one, he's taken a different position. So maybe that means this is the first year he's going to take an offensive guard in Zion Johnson, but he's never done it. I don't know if he values guard enough. I mean, they signed, you we know, Odea Bushi. Yeah, I mean, they signed Odea Bushi to a, a small contract last right. year. You know, they, they don't seem in a hurry to fill it in free agency or didn't or didn't find the value there. So that doesn't seem like it makes me think that, that he could be like far lower on their board, even though he's such a good player. Um, and it does seem like tackle could be the most likely just because that's the only position they've taken twice. Yeah, I mean, definitely it's something you have to consider. But um, the one thing that we know about Tom Telesco over everything else is we don't know anything about Tom <laughs> Telesco and we don't know what he's going to do. And the board is going to dictate a lot of that. But I think if history is any indicator, I mean, there are certain positions that he clearly covets and wants to add more of and some positions that he ha- he really just does not. And so I think guard is probably a position that, you know, as, as good as we definitely believe Zion Johnson is going to be, I don't know if there's any kind of realistic chance that the Chargers are going to take him. But I've been wrong before, and I would be happy to be wrong about this one. Well, and why you predicted him to take Trevor Penning, right? I mean, yeah. in, in this scenario, in your you know final prediction, you had him going that way, and that's what they've taken most often. But it is trippy that it is, you know, they've only gone and doubled down on one position, and that is offensive tackle. And even that, it was the very first Tom Telesco draft, and it took another nine and years. The so last wait, one, yeah. Oh, my God. If we're going based on order, tackle, cornerback, running back, then you take a tackle again with Rashawn Slater, if it is going in a cycle, that means this year it's going to be a corner, which would be wild because they haven't taken a corner since 2014, but it does feel like corner is very much on their radar this year. Uh, oh, yeah. Def- I think corner is a, a very realistic option, Daniel. I think there's still three or four extra guys outside of those top four corners that you feel like there's a good chance that or they can go in that range. You know, Corner seems like one of those positions, too, kind of like receiver and some other ones where it's like I think teams will start taking some chances, especially late the first round, early second round. Like the, the guys you're talking about, you know, like uh, Kyer Elam, right? Yeah. Or even Andrew Booth, who's kind of left that conversation due to – Injuries, but maybe now some other corners move up and take that kind of next spot because we know teams love NFL cornerbacks. And Brandon Staley, David, like, what is the the one position it seems like he's constantly talking about? Especially, he said, "I am going to take a corner as long as I am the head coach of the Chargers." As long as we're here, we're going to be taking corners every single year. I am the coach of the Chargers. So are we just we overthinking know for sure. this? Like, They're going to take it for us. Like, yeah, but is it going to be in the first round? That's what we're going to find out tonight. Well, they put a premium on it last year, right? Because they, yeah. they took Asante Samuel Jr. in the second round and happened to, you know, and that was another really kind of deep corner cross too with some of those dudes like Eric Stokes that went, or I mean, yeah. there, there was a few of those that seemed to have worked out very well. And Asante Samuel Jr. is one of them. Pat Sertan, JC Warren, too soon to tell, but like, yeah. There are some guys, though, I think are going to creep up, you know, in this. And the Chargers have been linked. Not a lot of, you know, great verified sources out there, but there's definitely rumors out there that the Chargers have been linked to some corners. But it's just you don't know how high. You don't know where they're willing or where they stack up against the other positions that they could take and the other players that they like. But we do know that they pick at 17 as of now, and they don't pick again until 79. So the importance to get it right on this pick is at an all-time high right now, especially with where the Chargers are, being a team that's ready to contend and go deep in the playoffs. 
They need to get it right. And we will be back with you guys tonight to react to the 17th overall pick or wherever the Chargers pick in tonight's draft. If they make a trade, we'll be here tonight with an early show for you. And if they don't, we'll be here tonight with an early show for you. So make sure you guys don't miss it. Subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts from. It might even be our first ever live show on YouTube. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. But if there was ever a time to break it out, I think tonight would be a great night to do it. So make sure you guys are around and subscribing to the Locked on Charge YouTube channel. And we'll also post links to everything on all of our social media. So you can find our Twitter at Lockdown LAC. You can also find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogemeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD. The draft is tonight. I'm so excited. You can also follow us on our Instagram page at Lockdown Chargers and go like our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page. We want to hear your reactions, though, for next week for sure. So if you guys want to get your reactions in, Call into the Lockdown Charge voicemail line at 323-524-7924. And you better make sure you're following in all those places because we're going to have an extra bonus show after day two of the NFL draft with whoever the Chargers take in the third round, or maybe they have multiple picks in on day two. We will have to wait and see, but we will have an extra bonus show for you guys out no matter what. So thank you guys so much for listening. We can't wait for tonight and be here with us for our reactions to these crazy picks. Until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.